There is a really quite a, a wide range of terms around tumour pathology, as you can see. So before we move on, and I do promise there will be some pictures to look at a little later yeah. on, uh, that, there, that some of the terms we need to think of. First of all, uh, again, usually fairly straightforward terms, histogenesis. This is just a fancy way of saying tissue of origin. So when we think about tumours in general, when a pathologist is trying to assess a tumour, he's asking himself, where is this tumour come from? Histogenesis simply means that. And in order to do that, he relies heavily upon the differentiation of the tumour, that is to say, how closely does this tumour resemble its tissue of origin? Right. Um, and so again, we can talk about uh, well-differentiated or poorly differentiated, meaning well-differentiated that it's closely resembling its tissue of origin and therefore likely to behave in a, a relatively less aggressive way, as opposed to a poorly differentiated tumour, which is likely to be more aggressive. Right. Okay. So the less it looks like it's, it's tissue of origin, the less well behaved the tumour is. And that's because the internal regulation of the cell is much more deranged and it just behaves badly. Absolutely. It comes unstuck, <clears throat> invades local tissues, spreads into lymphatics, bloodstreams, etc. Quite so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so that's, that's those, those terms. And then grade and stage, again, very important basic concepts in tumour pathology. So uh, again, the pathologist, in order to man help the, the, the clinician and the surgeon to manage the patient, needs to ask what grade is this tumour. That term grade is very closely linked really to differentiation. A high-grade tumour, again, implies poor differentiation, whereas a low-grade tumour implies well-differentiated well tumour. So that's, again, a term that you'll see used, but that's what grade means. And often they're numbered, aren't they? One, two. Indeed. And so there are certain conventions with particular tumour types that try to grade tumour uh, tumours. And there are various, uh, as I say, uh, uh, often uh, eponyms that are used in order to look at uh, various tumour grades. Mm -hmm. and, and then the stage, of course, is also critically important, which is how far has this tumour got? Uh, often there will be anatomical landmarks locally that we're looking at in terms of uh, certainly again in the gut we can think of uh, the well-known Dukes classification that tells us how far has a carcinoma of the gut got through the bowel wall um, and also we can think about uh, local lymph nodes whether there are distant metastases to the liver and so on. Yeah and from a clinical point of view um, stage is a, is, a, is a big contribution from pathology so as how far the tumour itself has spread within the tissues that you've received and then that will be augmented by the radiologists who can scan the rest of the body and see if it's spread elsewhere beyond the bit that we've actually sent you. Absolutely. Yeah. So here, hence, of course, the importance, as, as you say, of the, uh, the multidisciplinary team. Uh, and finally, then, benign and malignant. Um, it's, it's nice to think that possibly tumours will always fall into one of these two simple categories. But as always in medicine, there will be grey zones in between. But the whole point of assessing histogenesis, differentiation, grade and so on, is to try and assess at the end of the day, is this a benign tumour in which local excision is adequate, or is this a malignant tumour which has the potential to involve adjacent tissues and indeed metastasize elsewhere? Okay, okay. And, and the crucial thing there is invading through the basement membrane, isn't it? Absolutely. So once we have a tumour which is, and, and when we're dealing with epithelial-derived tumours, we have a tumour which is uh, derived from epithelium showing dysplasia and now infiltrating basement membrane. Then we're dealing with a, a carcinoma, the term carcinoma, meaning a malignant tumour of epithelial origin. Right. And then just to be clear, this confusion along to the basement membrane is a layer of tissue on which the cells of that tissue sit. Absolutely. And what we see, although I'm not uh, familiar with the detailed biochemistry, that the, the tumour cells develop certain enzymes which enable them literally to digest that basic membrane mm. and then involve adjacent tissues. Okay, so having, uh, again, introduced a number of terms there, let's now think about the uh, some particular uh, histogenesis types.
so I've listed here five. Um, the epithelia, uh, which we discussed, we discussed when we were talking about embryogenesis, um, so ectoderm and endoderm. The soft tissues, which essentially are derived from mesoderm. But there are other cell types, particularly lymphoreticular. So here we're talking about lymphoid cells in relation to lymph nodes and, and lymphatics and uh, lymphoid organs like the spleen. Neuroendocrine, which uh, ties in quite nicely with the concept of, of, uh, of, of neural crest cells and these cells which migrate from the neural crest in the early embryo to other parts of the body. And finally, germ cells that we mentioned again in terms of the uh, gonadal-derived uh, tumours. So as far as um, epithelial tumours are concerned, here are some terms to introduce. Um, first of all, let's deal with the, the last term, which I think I've mentioned already, which is carcinoma. So to define that term very simply, this is a tumour, a malignant tumour of epithelial origin. We define that term as carcinoma. Mm -hmm. We can also think about benign tumours, of course, of epithelial origin. Um, and here, the nomenclature, I'm, I'm afraid, does become fuzzy in places. But let's just introduce the term papilloma, which is an epithelial tumour in which quite often there are a number of folds and elevations and, and papillae, literally. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, I'll show some examples of that in a moment. And adenoma, which again we can describe as a a tumour of epithelial origin, often of glandular epithelial origin, yeah. but this time being benign. That's right, and so and it, and often of glandular. So if you have a malignant tumour of glandular epithelial origin, it would be called a an adenocarcinoma. That's right. Okay. So here's just to introduce some 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 uh, photographs here of a of a simple papilloma. This is a squamous papilloma or warty-like lesion around a patient's eye, and what we can see in the lower part of the photograph uh, just here is the epithelia which is thrown up into these large papillary folds. But notice how when we look at the bottom of the epithelium, it's very nicely demarcated. There's a nice sharp line around the bottom of this epithelium. So what we were saying earlier on about basement membrane is that this uh, here is intact. So there isn't any evidence of an infiltrating carcinoma. This is a benign squamous papilloma. Okay, and then um, just for, what is this stuff in the middle? This is basically the supporting connective tissue. So we have underneath the epithelium, the, the fibrovascular connective tissue of the dermis, and that's what's supporting the epithelium, which has been thrown up into folds over it. Okay, and you can you can just about see this thing here, can't you? You can see how it's thrown up into folds, even macroscopically. Absolutely. Uh, these these uh, ridges and yeah. divots and things, which um, look, come out very nicely yeah. in a microscope. Yeah, and what's also quite interesting is that there's no surface ulceration or hemorrhage. This patient probably had these lesions for quite some time and they were persistent, but there's not they're not broken down and ulcerated mm -hmm. and bled, which would be a sign that maybe the there was something more sinister going on. Yeah, and so in, in tumours, um, the cells aren't held together as well and the blood vessels are all new and not very well constructed and so they're more yep. likely to be quite fragile, the tissues, and bleed more easily and that's... Uh, that's, that's certainly the case, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good thing to remember from in the clinic. Okay. So here's another example of the the, the sort of epithelial uh, terms that we're considering. Here's the, the so-called well-known adenoma carcinoma sequence uh, with regard to the, the large the bowel, the large bowel. What we have here is the surface epithelium, which initially is thrown up into a fold, which is the early adenomatous polyp, and then this polyp may enlarge gradually and eventually then show early carcinomatous change, and then this will become an established carcinoma. And if we think more carefully about what's actually happening to the epithelium in these lesions. Remember the term dysplasia that we defined earlier on as an abnormality of epithelial maturation. What's happening in the bowel mucosa in, in this circumstance is that the epithelium is abnormally maturing and because it's overgrowing the uh, epithelium adjacent to it, it gets thrown up into this polyp. And gradually that process 
continues until the polyp gets larger and larger, and we get dysplasia, which is a varying degrees in this lesion. And we've mentioned again, we can think about high-grade and low-grade dysplasia. And as this polyp enlarges and, become, and shows high-grade dysplasia, eventually one or two of the areas will become invasive and breach the basement membrane, shown here by the, the, the sort of brown line, as it were. And so we now have early carcinoma occurring in this dysplastic adenomatous polyp of the large bowel. And eventually, because the tumour overgrows the, the lesion in which it's occurred, you may get an established malignancy uh, later on. Okay, and is that a common thing? I know that's a, that's a, a very common thing in in colonic adenocarcinoma. It's it's not seen so frequently in other epithelia. That's 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 true. Um, it's certainly in, in in the bowel, as you say. I, mean, I think some some papers suggest that if you look hard enough in resected specimens of colorectal cancer, you'll find a polyp in up to 30% or even mm. more. Mm. Um, in other circumstances, yeah, yes, I think you can get similar uh, sequences, uh, maybe in the urethelium of the bladder, mm. where papillomatous lesions may gradually uh, become uh, you know, more high-grade uh, and, and eventually become invasive. But it's, it's a nice way to think of that progression between normal tissue and invasive carcinoma. What happens in the cells, and you can see it, Nice and macroscopically inclined. Exactly, it's a, a good correlation, model, indeed, yeah. a correlation between the macro and the micro, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, here now is another example of a skin lesion, this time I think occurring on the temple of a patient. And notice now how, although there's a swelling, there seems to be some impression of some some uh, ulceration in the centre, and the lesion seems to have sort of mm. collapsed, as it were. It's like a volcano. Uh, indeed. And this now is a squamous cell carcinoma. So rather than a papilloma, now we're dealing with an invasive tumour. And in the lower photograph, what you see is that the tumour is still giving itself away as being a squamous tumour because there's a nice keratin pearl that you can see just in the centre there. But the background cells are squamous cells which are now growing in a very haphazard way which are infiltrating adjacent tissues and this is, as I say, a squamous cell carcinoma. So in the middle of it, that's, that's keratin that's being formed by the cells within the tumour exactly. as they would normally in skin but it's all overgrown and it's just left this as a little island as opposed to... A yeah. nice keratin layer. Exactly, and so yeah. it's, 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 it's giving itself away in terms of being well differentiated because there's squamous uh, keratin uh, to see, yep. but it's being formed in an abnormal context. And if it's less well differentiated, it doesn't form keratin at all because it hasn't got the mechanism to do that anymore because the cell can't remember what it used to be. Exactly, and yep. that makes it all the more difficult to recognise pathologically. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and here is another tumour of the skin. Uh, this time... This is a tumour that has a particular pattern because it's derived from the basal cells of the epidermis and is hence called a basal cell carcinoma. And the basal cells of the epidermis tend to be slightly bluer and so this is why you, you often see this quite characteristic um, islands of blue uh, tumour cells with uh, uh, cells around the edge which are relatively uh, palisaded. That means that the cells tend to line up around the edge of the tumour. So this is just a, a subtype, if you like, of carcinoma of the skin known as basal cell carcinoma. Mm -hmm. So just just going back slightly why are the cells darker as opposed to these pink ones here? Uh, well the cells in the background the, the pinker cells lower down here are the background connective tissues of the skin so this is the dermis again that we're looking at and the cells are darker because of their well I suppose their histogenesis which is that they are derived from the basal cells of the epidermis. They haven't keratinized to any great degree mm -hmm. whereas the normal keratinizing cells towards the surface of the skin become paler and pinker as the keratin accumulates. So because they're basal they tend to have the slightly bluer more uh, more uh, 
hematoxophilic uh, appearance. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's the stains that you use. The pink, there's a pink stain in there. A blue and, stain. And a blue stain. That's right. And the blue stain tends to go to more nuclear things. Exactly. And, and the, so as you get more dysplastic, the nucleus becomes a greater part of the cell. The cytoplasm, which was yes. stained pink, is less. And yes. so... As a, from a surgical point of view, the more blue the cell, uh, the slightly worse the, uh, it looks. Yeah, there, that's, that's as a general rule of thumb, is, is true. Uh, blue is bad, but I'm afraid we have to sort of sometimes interpret it with, uh, with other, other, other yeah. uh, considerations, yes. Okay, so sim- okay. simple surgical input there. Right, okay, so I think I recognise this. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're thinking still here of skin and various types of uh, tumours that occur in the skin. Uh, so we mentioned in our list about neural crest type cells. Here's, here's a malignant melanoma. This is a lesion uh, which is derived from the pigment producing cells in the skin. Uh, characteristically in the, in the, the photograph in, on, on top left we have this irregular pigmentation, this irregular outline. Often the lesion may become raised, ulcerate and bleed. These are all, if you like, uh, danger signs in terms of mm-hmm. malignant lesions. And just as a, as a simple introduction, here is, a, is, a, is a, a photograph of a malignant melanoma showing these really quite dramatically irregular cells. What's quite evident here is the, the variability in the nuclei as you see these islands of cells mm-hmm. sitting in the epidermis and often actually invading the epidermis itself. So they derive from the melanocytes that usually sit in the, in the basal layer of the skin but these cells are now become malignant and are overrunning the, the, the tissues. Yeah so it's this variation in nucleosides. There's a great big yeah, one yes, there absolutely. and some slightly different there and some yeah. quite small ones here. Yeah, so the pathologists we're looking at the variability of the nuclei, the fact that they're invading epidermis, the number of mitoses, and of course the very abnormal architecture of the melanocytes in general. Yeah, and then in the case of melanoma, particularly the depth of the lesions important. Absolutely, it? so that, that's part of the staging yeah. criteria in this particular yeah. circumstance, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so there's quite a variation here in the different tumours that can be derived from skin. But now let's move maybe to the, the, the gut as another oh, good example. An excellent organ. <laughs> Which is maybe from more familiar territory <laughs> to us. So this is a, a just again a low power uh, view of a, a segment of, of large bowel in which again you can see these characteristics of the, the ulceration in the centre of the lesion. So this is normal appearance here. Right, you've got some uh, folds of normal yeah. glucose in the background. Yeah. Then you've got the, the the raised rolled edge again, characteristic of a of a tumor which is outstripping its blood supply and adjacent and replacing adjacent tissues and ulceration in the centre. Yeah, and you get ulceration because kind of outstrips its own blood supply and becomes necrotic and caves in a bit. And absolutely, I mean, as you said, tumors are very sneaky in that they often induce angiogenesis, new vessel formation, in order to keep themselves going, but often they will still outstrip their own blood supply and therefore undergo necrosis. So the edge here that's r- raised and going strongly has a, probably a reasonable blood supply for the tumour and probably picking up some here. Yeah. The bit in the middle is all its own tumour, which is a bit rubbish and can't sustain can't sustain its own That's where the tumour probably growth. started, exactly. Yeah. And on the, and then the top right photograph we see nicely here uh, this the term we used before, which is adenocarcinoma, so malignant tumour of epithelial origin with glandular differentiation. So here's a tumour which is derived from the glands of the large bowel, and it's still attempting to form glands, but it's doing so in a very haphazard fashion. So there are occasional lumina to see, mm-hmm. but the glands, notice that the epithelial cells around these glands, again, have got some pretty uh, unpleasant-looking, irregular, yeah. variable nuclei. Yeah. So this is an adenocarcinoma. Yeah. And we might describe this one as moderately differentiated. Pathologists uh, will often go with moderately differentiated rather than well or poorly differentiated. It's, yeah. a, it's an easy middle ground, but, but this one I think truly is moderately differentiated. Yeah, yeah. And the vast majority of colorectal cancers are moderately differentiated. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs>